Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by These Knobs. Hey everybody, it's Todd from the Guitar Knobs. Uh, This is part two of our Echo Park series. As I mentioned before in part one, hopefully you listened to that. If you haven't, go back and listen to it. But if you you were listening, you heard some pretty amazing stories about his origins. So we're going to continue and see what he's... uh, where he decided to go with the company and the other portions of his company, including amplification and pedals. So uh, sit tight. Here comes part two of the Echo Park guitar interview. Okay, so you dropped we dropped an Echo Park reference, and that's going to lead us to Echo Park guitars as we know it today. How how did that come about? So after after a, a long sabbatical, I. Uh, you know, had our our child, and I thought, well, you know, maybe I should revisit this thing. So when I left the the, the industry, basically, I kind of I woke up one day and said, I can't do this anymore because I know I'm going to wind up at Nam with a name tag and a hat and just doing the proverbial wave, and I, it's for somebody else. And I don't. I just don't want to do that. Sure. I'd rather just go play and record and, and yeah. figure out what life has to offer on the other side of this thing. Yeah. So, I, you know, up until then, I had not really had any experience outside of the shop. You know, I'd just been like a shop rat and, and didn't really know what anything else smelled or tasted or felt like. And so I just woke up one day and said, you know what? I want to, I don't want to do that no more. I want to do this. And I want to go see what this is over here. And so I did that <laughs> for a while. Sure. And, and I found out what that was. And, and then um, once, once my daughter landed on the planet, I kind of uh, had a little talk with the creator one day and on the way home from her, her arrival. And, and uh, the discussion was something to the effect of like... Uh, you got to do something with these things that I've given you and you, you got to do them pretty quick or I'm going to take them away from you mm. kind of thing. And, uh, and I thought, okay, I've got a window, you know, I've got a couple of years to decide how I want to go about this. So I took those couple of years and I decided how I wanted to go about this. And, and I thought, well, okay, I want to start with this, this gift from Leo first. So I went to GNL and I took that guitar to them in uh, 2000, oh, no, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, 2007, 2008, I took that guitar. The one that you yeah, the one that together. Yeah, the one that I found in the attic. I took that guitar back to GNL and I said, hey, I've got this guitar and you remember me, hi, and uh, you should take this and, and, and do something in tribute to, to Leo. And they uh, politely uh, said no. And so on the way home, I had a little discussion again, and uh, and uh, it was decided at that time that I would that I would do something with it. And so I, by the time I got home, I talked to my wife and I said, "Hey, you know, I, I we should, you know, wow." How much credit do we have? <laughs> <laughs> Anytime a conversation starts with, how much credit do we have? <laughs> yeah. It's found to be yeah. interesting. And she said, well, basically you've got none. So Uh-oh. you have to do this some other way. So I thought, okay. Um, she's, she basically said yes. 
and and uh, so I I uh, took out a small five hundred bucks or something like that uh, prepaid credit card kind of thing, and uh, bought uh, a, a six inch joiner, a, uh, a a router, a hand router, and uh, I borrowed my dad's bandsaw. Um, that was my grandfather's actually, and uh, that's and I made the first double cut junior and instead of making the leo thing i did the double cut junior because i thought okay that's a challenge mm -hmm. you know i want to if i can make this guitar in the backyard with nothing but three tools then i'll know that that's my answer not the rejection from gnl but sure yeah. so so i put myself to test and i said okay if i can make this thing and it comes out great i'll hand it to a couple of friends in the industry and see what they think without saying anything mm -hmm. and, and see what they think. So I did, I made that guitar and, and I handed it to a couple of friends, uh, Dave Osti and, and, uh, he, and he played it at a gig and he, he wanted to buy it. And I thought, well, that, that's a good start, I guess. And so I took it to another, I took it to the Orange County guitar show or something like that. It was kind of like a bazaar, mm -hmm. you know, kind of like a bunch of used gear and, and uh, mm -hmm. vintage stuff, that kind of thing. And I put it out on the floor in in a bunch of other like real stuff and with no tags or anything on it, just to see if anybody was inquisitive enough to, to, to check it out. And as it turned out, about two dozen people I watched walk directly to it and it was kind of like a a weird beam of light in that whole show and so I th I took that as like a cue to to take it to the ironically in that show was a friend of mine uh, Mike Lithy that I had years before as a kid visited his shop uh, the guitar doctor in Burbank California and uh, looking through the window as a kid, you know, a 13-year-old kid, kind of uh, watching him, you know, put together, uh, I think it was Mighty Might or, or one of those early DiMarzio kind of body and neck mm -hmm. operations. He would build guitars and repair. And my, my mom had a, had a seat in the salon across the street, and I would just did school <laughs> and, and so that so ironically he was there that day and he was selling a bunch of parts and stuff like that and i said hey you know i got this thing and i'm thinking about like getting back into the guitar thing he knew me from ibanez and and taco sono and stuff like that and he said yeah i got this shop in the valley once you come down and you know yeah i'm happy to to let you you know work out of there so I went down there and, and the next week and uh, bought a bunch of wood and went down there and started milling out blanks and stuff like that. And him and I were actually going to start uh, a thing together, but he had already had his, his deal going. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of uh, made the first five uh, double cut junior kind of prototypes, uh, one of which made it to Johnny Two Bags, Social D. Oh. And uh, that was the beginning of Echo Park Guitars. Right on. Sweet. Yeah, that was the beginning. So that, that, 
And that was through my friend Steve Human, which was, you know, the bass player in the Vandals. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had roots in that whole yeah, scene. Yeah, so you, you, you had... Um you had some people in good pl- in the right places to to kind of help that out. Yeah, it was cool. I had I had I had you know I had enough I had enough irons in the fire. You yeah. know. Yeah. And uh, you know, and and leg- legitimately, you know, not just sure. because I was trying to do I wasn't trying to do anything. I was actually just that's how I rolled. You know, so. So, so, uh, my friend Steve called Johnny and, and Johnny said, yeah. And I, so he, you know, he took it out on the, on a, a tour and, and did like a, a guitar center video thing mm-hmm. that they did at the time. And, um, so that was, it. that was That's the beginning. Cool. And then after that, Nick Oliveri okay. from, from Queens, I made him yeah. a bass and, and I was working for other, other, other guys in the interim. And then, uh, it just kind of evolved into all of a sudden uh, after Nick and I had been hanging out for a while, I actually wound up playing with Nick a few gigs and that guy's just a riot. So it was, it was wonderful to hang out with him for a while. And uh, uh, just shortly thereafter, I got a call from, from uh, Brad Whitford and, and, sure. uh, and Brad wanted to check out some stuff. So, I sent him a couple of things and, and they were scheduled to be in town about six months later that year. Mm-hmm. So I made a few things that I thought would be suitable for, for those guys and always thinking about, Those guys that we're referencing are Aerosmith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, just, it's just for those who are following along, Brad, Brad Whitford is a guitar player uh, alongside of Joe Perry in Aerosmith, who's also one of the founders of Three Monkeys... Um, amps exactly. that we've had on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. And uh, so, so Brad had had asked if I would build a, a, like a gold top kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I built that and had a Koa neck and all that kind of stuff. And um, in the interim, I was building like the first batch of Echo Park guitars, which was about ten to twelve instruments. And in that batch was was a few guitars that I kind of set aside for myself actually. But I had always kind of thought and always kind of had in, in my, uh, in the way that I built is kind of esoteric. I don't really build like, like, um, by design so much kind of build like spiritually to say, to put it. Sure. Follow what your soul's telling you. Yeah. And, and so I thought, well, this is, this is unique, you know? And then, and um, being a longtime fan, you know, and, 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 and worshiping those guys since I was a kid, you know, uh, I remembered what Rats in the Cellar did to me as a kid. Oh, yeah. You know, I remember those things were like all just so pivotal for me because it helped me escape the, the hell that I was living in, you know. It helped me to, 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 to elevate myself as as a living being away from what I was experiencing as a child. And uh, so I thought, well, this is an interesting uh, opportunity. So I started building at that time and thinking ahead, like what would, if I could do, if I could, if Joe ever called me or somebody ever called me and said, Hey, I want you to build me a guitar. How would I build that? 
And so at that moment, I thought, well, I'm going to start building like this. I'm going to start building ahead of, sure, ahead of the tide, and 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 uh, start putting. And so I put a little list together of all, all the all the all the great players and musicians and songs and bands that I loved and what inspired me. And uh, and I yeah, and I use that to guide me in, in how I build guitars and uh, sonically, esoterically and physically and uh, and and ironically uh, by the time I was delivering the guitars to Brad, um, Jack Douglas had entered the picture and Jack kind of interceded in the uh in the delivery and he said hey you know why don't i just introduce you to joe <laughs> and i said okay that, 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 that'd be awesome you know that'd mm -hmm. be great and so the night that i was i actually kind of almost missed it because what happened is, is i was working late and uh the sessions were going on at a friend's studio and they were in town and and i got a call and said hey joe's here why don't you come down? And and I just finished that first batch of like seven or eight guitars, and I thought, okay, cool. So I I went down there and, and I took Clarence. I took the the Clarence Custom, the, right. the one that I found in the attic. I took that was the only guitar that I took with me that night, and because I thought, well, this this would be a great thing to show Joe because sure. he he loves this kind of stuff. I knew that, so he I saw it showed him that guitar and that was the beginning of of our relationship well, that's awesome and uh hmm someday if if joe perry ever called and asked me to build him a guitar oh joe perry is here and he wants you to build him a guitar <laughs> like that's pretty amazing yeah it was it was uh so on the way home that night i called my wife and i I started crying. <laughs> I can believe it. <laughs> and she still laughs at me this day. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, and him and I kind of uh, locked horns pretty early on. And actually what was interesting is that uh, I was talking to Billy, his wife, um, before we actually went into the studio and and uh, showed her the rose patterns and all the different stuff and kind of just as an artist, you know, because I know she's an artist. Sure. And just kind of explaining the, the process to her. And she said, you know, when we got to the Ghetto Bird, which is the kind of like... That uh, is a gorgeous guitar. Thanks. Yeah, when we got to that, she said, has Joe played this yet? I said, no, I, I don't know. I don't think so. But she said, well, why don't you... I said, I... I, I, I I can't do that. Why don't you? And she said, okay. So she, so they were just about to hit record on some stuff. And she, she, she put it in his hands and said, here, honey, play this. And he, and that was, uh, that was the night that, that, uh, I think I stayed in the, in the control room with Steve and Joe for like four hours Jeez, with Jack. Holy smoke. And we just, we just kind of hung out all night. And, uh, and that was the beginning of, man, that's awesome. You know, so you guys can't, you can't hear it, but like, um, my face is getting tired. <laughs> I'm just smiling. So I love hearing this. This is such a great story. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I wish I could be more articulate. Rock and roll, man. No, but, man. This is, yeah, it was, it was, it was, you know, and I was, I was sitting there and, and Joe's on one side and Steve's on the other and, and uh, Steve hands me this, a, a, a bracelet. He said, here, man. And he puts it on my arm and, and, uh, 
I, I, you know, it's just little, it's all yeah. little, little shit. Little but That's little. like making a bat for Babe Ruth and he goes and hits a home run with it. I mean, right. yeah. Louise. And, and so that, so that night, uh, was basically the beginning of Echo Park guitars. That's amazing. You know, and so, so from there, uh, you know, it was just, um, I, it's, it's weird too. Cause those guys have like first of everything sure you know? <laughs> like i went through I, joe took me through a, a personal tour of his collection that oh, wow. night and he and uh because when i got there he's the west coast collection yeah the west the, the not the vindaloo collection and not the boneyard collection but just the, the the collection that was there sure he took me through every guitar in detail like exactly everything and i thought wow here's a guy that knows Exactly. Yeah, no, Joe Joe is beyond any other guitar freak that I've ever met. He is the iconic guitar freak. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's like the other thing that was 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 ironic to me was that like DC Rich, you know, was started in Los Angeles and, and he was he and Brad were the first two, I think along with uh Rick Derringer were the first three guys to really like um really out that brand mm. and yeah i thought how yeah and i i felt like uh you know very blessed and lucky that's but, awesome at the, yeah at the time so still to this day we we have i mean quite frankly we could probably sit here for another three hours in here since it's from the beginning to now where we are at this point, I'm going to encourage people to check out your actual website and see, see, find out more about the actual guitars that you're building that you have available to catch up to speed. Because I think there's a, you know, you've drifted into amplification and pedals now, which is probably pretty, I'm, I'm going to assume pretty exciting territory for you guys yeah um can you uh start elaborating a little bit on on amps and and pedals and uh well after about four years in the trenches i kind of i met eric uh a friend and um yeah you're sleeping on the floor (laughs) sleeping on the floor at a friend's house and um no, I I uh, I felt like I needed to 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 take one step into the next chapter, and I had to uh, you know think about how that was going to happen. It just so happened that a friend of mine at the time was building um, amps and had a, a you know pretty high uh, high profile in the amplifier, the boutique amp world. And uh, the guy that was building all those amps was 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 uh, a guy that I that I had spent started spending a lot of time with and really like getting into like late night discussions, early morning kind of reminiscence on life and everything around wires and pickups and guitars and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and so one night. Eric and I got into this lengthy discussion about potentiometers and capacitors and and I left that night and I was like, that's the guy that I need to like bring into this somehow. How can I 
how can I do that? You know, well, the only answer that I come up with was, you know, I've got to offer amps at some point. So, you know, my, being being from the the Fender uh, alma mater, I thought, well, you know, this is this is that 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 window that's opening right now. You either jump through it or walk through it or you know dive through it. So, but it's going to close eventually. So sure. you, you know, you, life is like that. You got to take the doors when they open. And uh, I thought, well, I'm going to see see how I can maneuver this. And and uh, through the course of the next four months, I tried to you know figure it out. And we eventually got to the place where we figured it out. And the place to figure it out was Alpha Amps. And so I, I uh, he, he had been uh, working with uh, another entity and, and developing some stuff and had his own thing going, and it was going south quickly because the, the, the well was drying. And so I, I decided to, to, to call on the powers that be and, and uh, try to wrangle. So that's how the Echo Park amplifiers happened. I, I just kind of decided that well you know the god that i that i worship leo fender was was a master at amplifier building first and, and pioneered that whole thing mm-hmm. before he pioneered guitars yeah and um so why don't i just follow him so i called eric and said hey you know i know your thing's not doing well let's let's see if we can figure this out and i'd like to help you and bring you into what I do and, and offer that to, to the guys that I'm working with now. And so that's how that worked. And uh, I had some ideas, things that I liked, already was doing. That's where we started. Really simple. So uh, maybe, Eric, you want to jump in? And- well, that's his story, and I'm sure he's going to stick to it. But uh, it, it's uh, he's very <laughs> gracious, I'll tell you. Um, no, I was uh, like a fish that was thrown up onto a sidewalk, and, and it was... Uh, having tough times and it mainly because I couldn't figure out really what I wanted to do. You know, you get to a point in your life. I mean, I was really into playing and, and uh, you know, that's uh, we could, you could talk for days about that, but it's just kind of like if it, you get to a point in your life and you go, well, wh- what, uh, what do I do from here? You it's know, when so you put you all your energy in into that. Yeah. You don't know, you don't know really kind of, uh, um, I never thought of myself as a, amp builder and and, and of any kind and i still really don't but uh but i love doing it and it's um but i'm self-taught so i I mean you know i don't have any training for it or anything i just collected tons of amps and and did it for decades and then i had a guitar shop and and, uh and started poking around on the things and figured out that uh by visual that i could tell by certain circuits what i liked the way they sounded and, and, and the route that that signal took. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of how I still operate. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I started doing that. Um, and somebody kept begging me to make them an amp. And I kept going like, why? There's so many great amps. I mean, I had hundreds of amps and, and was swimming in them, you know? And it's just like, why build one, you know? And this was back in the late eighties and, and, and into the nineties and late nineties where uh, it wasn't uh Boutique still hadn't blown up yet. No, man. And, and, you know, there was like Kendrick and stuff like that, who was just a huge influence on me. I, I, I loved uh, that guy, Gerald Weber. Very, uh, I don't know, you know, everybody wants to slag. A lot, of, a lot of people like, you're so critical nowadays. I don't know. But that guy to me was just massive and made great amps. Um, 
and of course, uh, matchless, you know, that kind of stuff. And it was, uh, very cool, cool, cool stuff, you know? And, um, but even that hadn't really caught on, but as a, as a vintage amp collector, let's say, I started realizing that I had to figure out how to, how to fix my own amps. And so, and, and, and in San Diego area, a lot of friends let me uh, be their guinea pig, you know, and, uh, or they guinea pigged for me rather. And so that was, uh, that's kind of where it went. And then that went on for quite a while until I made an amplifier out of an old organ chassis for a friend of mine. And, uh, it ended up being used on a couple records and it just, I wasn't even finished with it kind of thing. And, and it was like, wow, man, you know, I do, I, I do think um, I'm on to something here because I kind of was on top of it at the time, you know, playing and, and uh, in my mind anyway, of, of what uh, tone tone is a very subjective thing and yeah. it's, it's relative to music and, and uh, it's always, it's just like any art, I guess. But uh, at the time it was getting to be uh tougher and tougher to rely on the big names you know the marshall wasn't the marshall anymore i mean in the in the 90s it was just bad news man i'm sorry and i don't care whether you like them or not the way they sound as a repairman it was just like whoa sure. how cheap can you make these things and, it, right. and that was their goal i'm sure because they couldn't made them any cheaper i don't think um and then everything went circuit board and all that kind of stuff and it was just like wow this isn't even fun you know, as a repair guy, I don't even like it to this day. I don't even like getting those things near myself, you know, and that's what everybody makes nowadays, you know, except for quote unquote boutique builders, Yeah, which is, uh, there is a, it's an army. It's an army of people that really, um, prefer th th things that were done 70 years ago, you know, yeah. and that's a technology that was, um, whether it's archaic or, you know, dinosaur or whatever, those amps are still around and yeah. people still play through them. They'll outlive us. You know what I mean? And that says a lot about any product, mm -hmm. if you ask me. So the availability of stuff as it came along throughout the late 90s and into the 2000s, it just made it uh, easier and easier. So I started poking around into that and, uh, w you know, and I made some huge mistakes. I was very fortunate with some of the early on with the people I worked with, this guy Jeff Snyder in San Diego, just like amazing guitar player and builder he he has amps i'm sure if you google his name you'll find his stuff and uh i didn't realize that that was my what i was gonna that was gonna be my vocation or whatever so sure. at the time i didn't really take it that seriously but uh as time went on um i, I worked with some people that were complete just like you know leatherheads too and that that's uh because everyone was trying to figure it out you know at the time but uh so what what is the thing that you <laughs> have really kind of focused on for your for your amps because I'm going to I'm going to make the assumption that there is a focus based on the type of guitar that you make you know you you have alluded to your soul kind of tells you what kind of get what what the guitar is going to be your kind of guitar right so I would assume that's carrying over into your amplification and your pedals hugely and and that's where it's like um I think even Gabriel underestimates, and I'm not here to pat him on the back or blow smoke or anything, but it's just like, it, it's amazing how uh, much he underestimates himself in, in, in the influence he had, at least on me. I mean, it's just like you, um, collaboration to me is wonderful thing. Um, I was a little bit narrow-minded and, and uh, in many ways um, with what I thought I was even capable of, 
But um, in some of the, my amp designs, I just love little amps. I love little bitty amps and and little guitars. I like things that are little just for fun. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's just like, uh, so little amps were, um, they weren't popular at all at the time. But uh, I started collecting white amps, these little off-brand of Fender that uh, were really kind of rare and weird. Um, and so I got into that and uh, they were just simple circuits, but so pure. And when you put the right speaker in those amps and, and you play them wide open, there's no better tone on the planet, you know, to this day, I still think. But uh, so that's where it kind of started. And uh, but I, I hooked up with some people that were just uh, uh, bad businessmen, I guess. And, and I'm terrible. Uh, I, I'm including myself into that, uh, not really knowing how to uh, how the big, big wheel turns. And so uh, Gabriel uh, came to me and uh, and we were already friends. We had met um, at uh, vintage shows and stuff like that. And he uh, he had his guitars and and uh, and I was doing floundering around with my amps. And he just said, like, let's, you know, get together and do some things. And and it happened instantaneously. And, and with the first week I was with him, he had already designed some cabinets that were like unlike any other I'd ever played through. And it was just like so we made amps right out of the gates and whatever he wanted, I would do. And, and so that's where it started. And, uh, I think, you know, we've come up with some cool things and, and tr in a weird way, it's, 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 it's a tragically, everybody relies on, I mean, I grew up with, you had to play through an amp or you had to touch a guitar mm -hmm. to decide whether you wanted it or not. Sure. Yeah. And now yeah. this world has changed massively and I get it. I get it, and 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 I'm tolerant to it because I think the end result can be very, very good. Um, but you still have to have a reference, and th this is the difficulty that I have. And I'm still um, come from a world of the, the modern media and all this stuff. Now is finding ways to manipulate that, and, and even what we're doing here, I think, is a this way is real. This, this is, is real. real. <laughs> this is real. No, it totally is. And hopefully <laughs> you would like to think that everything's real though. I mean, yeah. because uh, all you have to rely on nowadays is listening to something on your phone. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and, 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 and fortunately, um, my, uh, relationship to Gabriel has, has been, was fortunate that we were uh, in Los Angeles and, and, uh, I think it was, uh, it would have been a lot tougher to do that elsewhere at the time. But once we realized that it was being a hindrance to live there rather than a positive thing, I mean, once you you hook up with a few certain people and you can start running, it's like, wow, now I'm just treading water because to live here, it costs so much. And that's why we left. But but uh, the things we've been able to do, I think, have been amazing. And it's just uh, his, you know, using two people put their heads together that he doesn't know anything about amps, you know what I mean? But he does, you know yeah, what I mean? Sure. I don't know anything about guitars, but I do, you know? Sure. So it's just like you put these heads together and it's just, uh, we've come up with some really cool results. That so I tell, think. Us, tell us a little bit about the amps that you actually have put together and maybe what's what you guys might be working on. Yeah, you guys, I, I don't know if you're even familiar with the line of, of stuff that we do, but um, I've been making amps with Gabriel now for about five years and they... Uh, they uh, pretty much run the gamut, I think at least in different size uh, classifications and stuff. And uh, I, like I said, I love small amps and stuff like that. And that's where I always put a lot of focus. But uh, 
it turns out a lot of the players that Gabriel was hooking me up with are guys that still are able to play through full stacks and Monsters. stuff, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which is, is, is almost dinosaur. But, you know, if you're, it's still, I think it should be required to like, you should be required to, uh, tour the world if you could in, in, in a perfect world. I mean, it's just like, um, to get to play or, or it's like riding a Harley and riding a scooter. It's just like, you know, it, there's something to be said about, you know, get, getting behind a, that much power. And, and it's just, uh, that's always fun. But the little amps still now are the still most applicable, um, in today's world. So it's, it's nuts, but, um, yeah, so we've just uh, been dabbling in all kinds of different things, and and we um we just started and uh, some other things we're doing. We're we're actually not sitting still, no matter what happens, because we we're. It, I think a lot of it too is um is not investing so much. We're, the last thing we want to be is to compete with Fender, Marshall, and Pe I mean, I could go on and on. That's not our goal here, at least myself anyway. And so it's like. Uh, so you make some sacrifices there too, but it's just like, um, I'm not cutting any corners. My amps are ridiculous when you get inside them and it's all in the details, you know, but it's sure. just like, if there was ever any choice of what to use in any scenario, it's, it's, I want to use things for sonic reasons first and quality, yeah. you know? And so, so it, they're a little expensive, you know, but um, they're meant for people. If you ever get yourself to get a chance to experience one, I think um, you'll be. Well, I think we're going to have to find our way up there. Convinced. At some yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah, you do, man. You really got to come, come down come to Cape Shop. It's tell, awesome. tell us real quick about, so I keep, I, I got this gorgeous pedal in front of me. So you've mentioned at least two more pedals that you're working on, right? Yeah. So, okay. So the, the FQ12, <laughs> uh, the FQ12 is, is, uh, uh, basically it started a couple of years back when I, uh, designed a, a guitar, the Esperanto right. uh, recording. And the FQ12, just for reference, that's the range master. range master that, um, we were referencing at the beginning of the show. Yeah. I, re I lovingly refer to it as the range bastard range bastard yeah <laughs> right on uh, so I, I basically took uh some elements out of an early 50s uh design that was basically used to to design uh uh eqs mm -hmm. par uh, parametrics and that kind of thing it was a notch filter device that the early rca guys uh used to kind of get the, the capacitor selection right to to do the variable resistance on and uh, we used that uh, that beginning uh, uh, staple mm -hmm. as the jumping off point. Uh, one thing that I noticed was that um, each 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 value of the capacitor kind of uh, does a certain thing to the volume. So I wanted to add I wanted to add a gain section so that it it could actually. Uh, create unity in the, in the device itself. I appreciate yeah. that because other rotary things that I've messed with, you're like, hey, that sounds great. Let me just boost that up. And then you click the next one. And you're like, oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to create something that you could actually use functionally yeah. speaking in a recording environment yeah. in particular. And if that worked in some other environment, awesome. But, but mostly it was for Jack Douglas and Josh Homme when they started their records with, with Joe and with Queens, 
to be able to use it as a tool in the recording process. And uh, it just kind of morphed into a guitar pedal, basically. Um, and, 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 and by design, you know, and by, by function, it works, it works well with bass, vocals, and guitar. Yeah. Uh, originally, I had I, intended to be an API unit oh. and uh, power pedal instead because that's... Well, I'm glad it did. I do. Um, and then you, you're working on a couple new ones that you've referenced? Yeah. Can you discuss those or you want to save it? I, I, yeah, I mean, one is, a, one is a, 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 a jumping off point from that is just an additional uh, gain stage so that you can actually access stuff that, that uh, guys like Brian May put to great effect mm. on, on News of the World and things like those recordings, um, which I'm a slave to. Um, and also some Octavia effects and things like that that are cool. going up next year. So. Awesome. So well, you guys got to keep us posted on all that business so that we can share that with, and we've got a pretty active Facebook group. And for those who are not on it, but are listening, get yourself over to the Facebook group and share your guitar stories and thoughts and comment on everybody else's as well. Uh, so, okay, we guys, we mentioned that we're going to do we had something special at the end of the show. Uh, we're almost at the end of the show, so... Spill the beans! We'll just spill the beans right now. So, go ahead, Gabriel, you want to... The FQ-12. The FQ-12, the pedal that we've been talking about. I guess you guys are going to do a raffle or something like that. I don't know. Some, some sort of... How do I want to say this? Fair way. I don't know how we're going to do it yet. Because <laughs> I think <laughs> what they could do is they it. could put their name and address on the back of a $20 bill and send it to us. Yeah. yeah. Here you go. Yeah. yeah. So basically, yeah. And, and we'll draw one of those $20 bills. That's yeah. right. So here's the deal. This is how we're going to handle this. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're going to, uh, we will put out an announcement. I haven't sorted this out yet because Gabriel just, uh, you know, came in and said, hey, I want to, I want to put this pedal in the hands of the listeners. We want to give this pedal away to the listeners. Hugely grateful for that. Um, so we're going to <laughs> determine how we're going to do that. And we will make an announcement. Uh, I would imagine probably on our, on our site, let's just say post haste. Uh, we'll, we'll post haste it, <laughs> um, or our Facebook. So just make oh, sure that you're staying close. <laughs> um, once we do actually find out, we'll bring it up in the, in a next episode so that everybody has clear and fair warning of how that will best be handled. Might be in a newsletter. I'm not really sure yet. Haven't sorted that out. But this thing is but sweet. But it's going to be great. It's sweet. And you know what we're going to do? It's a big deal, man. We're going we're gonna, to uh, put a picture of this up so that when you hear this, uh, you'll at least be able to hear um, or see what this pedal looks like that we're talking about. Anyway, so that is super super cool and this is this is a super limited run right i mean how many of you made of these uh i think we've only made about 30 30 yeah and this is wow. if we cracked the number the back on this um I, I bet it'd be a pretty low number i'll sign it he's gonna sign it i love it yeah. okay perfect so we will crack the back and sign um or you can just sign the back. whatever you, i don't however you want to sign it that's up to you it's your pedal <laughs> yeah okay we are gonna bring this home everybody a couple things to go through real quick jared well it's time for uh would you rather 
All right. Okay. This week's Would You Rather. Eh, you're building a guitar. Or actually, rather, you're having Gabriel of Echo Guitars build Wait, you a guitar. When you're choking on your words, what'd you, who is it? What? Quit picking on me. <laughs> okay. Okay. So this week's Would You Rather. You're going to have Gabriel at Echo Park Guitars build you a guitar. Yes. Would you rather have a nylon nut or would you rather have the bone nut? Okay. Which material do you want Gabriel to use? Okay. Or a nut. All right. Eric. Oh, you got to, yeah. Yeah. Well, you okay. Is that answer. nylon like the old Gibson nylon? Like that, that, that kind of nylon? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I'm still going to go with bone. I don't know. Although I dig those. I really do. And, and I think that out of all the nylon materials I've seen used for nuts, whatever Gibson used, there was something special going on there. It's pretty unique. I think yeah. um, I'm talking about like pre, pre 65 or something like that. Like right. back, the, I don't know what that was. Is that nylon? Was there? Yeah. I guess they were, and and they're, that's an amazing piece of material, and I don't know if uh, modern technology has lost that kind of thing or, or what, because nobody seems to be able to make that kind of nut again. I don't know. but Yeah, I mean, and they also use nylon saddles. That's right, which I'm a big fan of. Sorry, yeah. because when you say saddles, I'm going to go with nylon. I have my 64 335, my 64 SG. My yeah. 68 Les Paul, all those had nylon saddles and... All the nylon now is different. It's different. It's, it's, it's oh, dude, it's different. It, yeah. No, that stuff was very musical and it, was, uh, it wasn't it was dead by any means. Right. Um, it's really dense. It, it is dense. It is yeah. dense. Yet you didn't get the same kind of string breakage problems and it wasn't quite so metallic. Um, which I found to sometimes the bridge pickups, you know, and many of the Gibsons from the eras that I just mentioned... Um, that, that would make it sound really metallic. And it depends on what you're into. But I always found the nylon saddles to be a big, big bonus. Okay. But bone nut. I'll go with the bone nut. Cool. Bone nut. Okay. Yeah. Bone nut. Bovine. <laughs> bovine. <laughs> or camel. <laughs> I, I prefer bovine, actually. Camel is a little more porous. Really? Yeah. Yes, wow, you guys just went a hundred different kinds of deep on I was not It's expecting. a type of bone. <laughs> yeah, I get yeah. it. It's a type of bone, but now you're talking about the pore structure. A bovine is cattle. Yeah. And, and, How about whalebone? Okay. If you go to Alaska, I think if you could go out on the... We're in, we're in Ohio. Yeah. So we're in Ohio. We're going to make... We're gonna <laughs> make <laughs> whale bone. It doesn't seem okay. like it. So you're picking bone nut. I'm picking bovine. Bovine yeah. bone. I'm going bone. Bone, bone, bone. Why? All right. I just, I mean, I, I'm, I guess maybe I'm a traditionalist. Every, every guitar that I've ever had, if it didn't have a bone nut, it does now. And it's, there's just something about the, the density of it, the sound of it. It's a brighter material, I think. Okay. Um, you know, you didn't give me the option of doing a brass nut. No, that wasn't part of it. <laughs> okay, Jared. Oh, this is tough for me. Because be, I know the effects of both materials, yes, and especially the pre sixty five Gibson nylon, because mm -hmm. I've I've owned many SGs with that material. But um, beings that I've had more uh, bone nuts on guitars than than the pre sixty five. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go with bone. Okay, definitely bone. I'm picking bone too because I got a bunch of professionals in here that say bone. I'm going with bone. <laughs> 
I've only, I haven't had the super old nylon because I don't own any ultra vintage guitars, unfortunately, because I've got kids and stuff. So, um, anyways. What about athlete's foot or jock itch? Oh, boy. There's got to be something. That's on the next episode. Well, oh, okay, we'll leave that. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm, go- I'm going with uh, athlete's foot. Hey, herpes <laughs> or crabs? Tony. <laughs> Tony, give us the give us the deal here, bud. Okay, okay. Hold your horses. What's the rush? I'm I'm hungry. Oh, Jared's hungry. Yeah, I, we all are. <laughs> well, as long as that's all it is. We would like to thank our executive producers for their support of our podcast, the Guitar Knobs podcast, if you will. Mm-hmm. And one of the big benefits, I believe, Jared, is well, if you pay enough. Well, that makes it sound like really crappy. If you pay enough. Well, if you're at a certain level of being a patron, you get to have your name right on the thing. Man. And that would be at the executive producer level. Yes, That's right. So, without further ado, I would like to thank, we would all like to thank, mm-hmm. even Gabriel, I think, wants to thank him. Uh, Tom Barazin, Martin Cliff, David Wolfson, Matt Brammer, Carlos Mancha, Pete Marshall, Derek Fitzer. Robin Smith, John Daly, Oliver Gonzalez, Sean S. And Clarence Leo Fender. And Clarence Leo Even though he's not an executive producer, we'll thank him. He's sort of the official, uh, yes. Yes. Go ahead. Uh, Chris Kearney, John Anglin, Robert Marfleet, Alex Leggett, and Darren Gregory. That is correct. If you, and I'm talking about the guy standing behind Todd there, if you would like to become an executive producer, head over to patreon.com. That's patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs to find out how. Thank you. Very good. Gabriel and Eric, where can people find your wares? Echoparkguitars.com. Tony, where can they find your stuff? They can go to pickguardian.com. They can go to the various social media. Great. Jared. Uh, that would be brandonwoundpickups.com. My mm-hmm. email is on the website. Ta-da. Ta-da. How, t- Todd, how can they get a hold of you? They can get a hold of us at theguitarnobs.com. Mm. That's where all of our uh, podcasts and Four on the Floor are located. Please go check them out. Uh, they go back quite a ways. We're up to 80 some odd episodes now. Uh, thanks to all of you for listening. Thank you. Guys, we are so just incredibly happy that you were able to stop by and grace our little studio here um, and sharing those. Those are those are meaningful stories, and we appreciate you taking the time to share them. Very cool stuff. Gracias. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, we will hear from you for sure in the future. And for now, subscribe. Yeah. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at guitar knobs. Catch you next time.